Daniel Barnett here. Enrolment for the 2025 Virtual Employment Law Academy is now open. Go to www.virtualemploymentlawacademy.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Season 7, Episode 3 of Employment Law Matters. I'm Barrister Daniel Barnett, a barrister practising from Outer Temple Chambers and host of the Legal Hour on LBC Radio. This podcast is brought to you specifically for me to witter on about things that I think about in employment law and things that will help HR professionals and employment solicitors. Now, today's episode involves me uh, reading out a chapter from my small book on social media misuse. You can have a look at all my small books at danielbarnett.com. There's about 19 of them on different employment law topics. And I'm going to read out uh, chapter nine from my book on social media misuse, which is on the criminal offences arising from social media misuse. Many of you listening to this, if you listen to it in the week when the episode drops, the week of the 10th of October 2023, will be joining me for the third third cohort of the Virtual Employment Law Academy that starts today, the day this drops, 17th of October 2023. For those of you on that cohort, fantastic to have you on. For those of you who missed signing up, I'm not going to be running it for another couple of years, but maybe in 2025 or 2026, you will get another chance. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Social Media Misuse, Chapter 9, Criminal Offences. Few employees, or employers for that matter, consider the criminal side of misconduct involving the misuse of social media or an employer's IT system. This chapter reviews the main pieces of legislation that are directly relevant to the misuse of an employer's IT system. In addition, there are criminal offences that can be committed using an employer's IT system and or social media platforms. The Computer Misuse Act 1990. Unfortunately, it's not unknown for employees to use their employer's IT system in unauthorised ways to carry out various acts of misconduct. For example, a disgruntled employee may seek to get revenge on their employer or a manager or a colleague for a perceived slight or wrongdoing. Or an employee might want to use the system to their own advantage. There are three main offences under the Computer Misuse Act 1990 that are worth examining. One, using a computer to access a program or data in an employer's IT system. Employees may do this for all sorts of reasons, including reading, stealing, or disseminating confidential information, or sending malicious communications, or sabotaging a colleague's work, or amending timesheets and other personnel records. Two, impairing the operation of a computer or program, or preventing or hindering access to a program or data. Examples of this include deleting or corrupting or encrypting programs or files or data, or introducing some other form of malware that causes the system to crash or become unavailable. Three, accessing the system to commit other offences, such as financial crimes or harassment. 
Each one of these actions could amount to a criminal offence, and summary conviction in a magistrate's court can attract up to 12 months' imprisonment or a fine. Conviction on indictment in the Crown Court can attract terms of imprisonment of between 2 and 10 years, depending on the offence committed. It's also an offence to make, adapt or supply any article enabling someone to commit an offence under the Computer Misuse Act 1990. So supplying someone with malware to enable them to sabotage their employer's system would fall under this offence. Conviction on indictment for this offence carries a maximum term of imprisonment of two years. For a person to be found guilty under the Act, the court would have to be satisfied that the action in question was unauthorised. That might not always be easy to prove in an employment situation. And, as with most criminal acts, that there was an intention to do the Act at the time it was done. This is called mens rea. The court would have to be satisfied beyond all reasonable doubt that the offence was committed. Cases are rarely prosecuted under the Computer Misuse Act 1990, but one such case was in 2018 when a motor industry employee was sentenced to six months imprisonment for having accessed thousands of customer records containing personal data without permission using colleagues' login details. The employee used the information to make nuisance calls to the customers. The Information Commissioner's Office brought the prosecution. Even though prosecutions are rare, I recommend that IT user policies refer expressly to the Computer Misuse Act 1990 and criminal offences referred to in this chapter to deter staff. WorkNest is a professional services company delivering employment law, health and safety, and HR advice. They're known for their personalised approach, providing pragmatic commercial support, as well as being a great place to work where integrity and inclusion are valued. Visit worknest.com to find out more. What if an employer accesses an employee's personal laptop remotely, for example, in order to check their work and accidentally finds personal information. It's unlikely this would be found to be a breach of the Computer Misuse Act 1990, provided that the employer had a published policy allowing it to access devices used by an employee for work purposes. The Malicious Communications Act 1988 The Malicious Communications Act 1998 addresses the situation where one person sends another person a communication conveying a message that is indecent or grossly offensive, or a threat or information that the sender knows or believes is false. Where these actions are done with the purpose of causing distress or anxiety to the recipient, an offence is committed for which a term of imprisonment on conviction on indictment of up to two years or a fine may be imposed. The making of a threat that is used to enforce a demand made on reasonable grounds, where the sender reasonably believes that the use of the threat was a proper means of reinforcing the demand, does not constitute an offence.
In the context of the workplace, an offence could be committed by an employee emailing or messaging another person within the workplace or outside of it, including speaking by telephone or leaving a voice message. Managers could also fall foul of the Malicious Communications Act 1998 if using written or electronic communications to bully an employee. It doesn't matter how the message is sent, whether via email, a text-based messaging system, a hard copy letter, a voice message, a telephone call, or social media, to name but a few. It's worth noting that there is no requirement for the communication to be received by the intended recipient, as it is the act of sending the communication with the accompanying intention of causing distress or anxiety that constitutes the offence. As with the Computer Misuse Act 1990, prosecutions are few because of the public interest concerns about suppressing free speech. It's really only really egregious cases that are likely to end up before the courts. Although, again, it's recommended that employers bring this piece of legislation to the attention of employees as a deterrent. There are also legislative provisions that criminalise certain behaviours using social media. Trolling, online threats, disclosure of private sexual images without consent, online harassment, grooming, online stalking and virtual mobbing may all constitute criminal offences. Two key offences involve the Communications Act 2003 and the Prevention from Harassment Act 1997. The Communications Act 2003. Section 127 of the Communications Act 2003 prohibits the use of public electronic communications equipment to send a message that is false, grossly offensive, or of an indecent, obscene, or menacing character. This is punishable by up to six months' imprisonment, or an unlimited fine, or both. Section 127 also prohibits the sending of a communication through a public network intended to cause annoyance, inconvenience or needless anxiety to the recipient. The sender must intend the prohibited effect, that's intention to cause annoyance, inconvenience or needless anxiety to the recipient, but there's no requirement for the message to be received or for anyone to actually see the communication or be offended by it. A workplace example is an employee who uses Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, YouTube, or the like, to send an objectionable message or threat to a colleague or manager. As with the other offences, the threshold for criminal liability is high, with the threats or offensive comments being assessed objectively. Two non-work-related examples of successful prosecutions are of note. One successful prosecution involved a man attaching messages to YouTube videos threatening violence to two identified individuals and death to categories of people. The other involved a woman posting hyperlinks via a blog of herself singing grossly offensive anti-Semitic songs. 
Even though the links were not directed at anyone in particular, they were deemed to be communications within the meaning of the section. Watershed acts exclusively for companies giving pragmatic and fair advice on complex employment law issues. It's been developing long-term client relationships for over 50 years. Watershed is looking for solicitors to join them. If you are an ambitious individual with outstanding knowledge, then visit watershed.law slash contact. That's watershed.law slash contact. The Prevention from Harassment Act, 1997. The Prevention from Harassment Act 1997 covers harassment in general, but it can include harassment that's carried out using electronic means, including social media. The Prevention from Harassment Act 1997 prohibits someone from, quote, pursuing a course of conduct which amounts to harassment of another, which he knows, or ought to know, amounts to harassment, end quote. It is also prohibited to harass two or more individuals with the intention of persuading a person to do or not do something. References to harassing a person include alarming a person or causing the person distress. In the case of harassment of one person, a course of conduct must involve conduct on at least two occasions. In the case of harassment of two or more persons, the conduct must occur on at least one occasion in relation to each person. Putting someone in fear of violence is also an offence under the Prevention from Harassment Act 1997. The Prevention from Harassment Act 1997 also prohibits stalking amounting to harassment, which includes electronic stalking, and it's defined as follows. Following a person, contacting or attempting to contact a person by any means, that can include social media, publishing any statement or other material relating or purporting to relate to a person or purporting to originate from a person, monitoring the use by a person of the internet, email or any other form of electronic communication, loitering in any place, whether public or private, interfering with any property in the possession of a person, or watching or spying on a person. The police may obtain a warrant to enter premises and seize material that could be admissible as evidence to prosecute an offence of stalking. This could extend to IT equipment being seized from an employer's premises. Clearly, these definitions can encompass situations where an employee uses their own or their employer's IT system or a public social media platform to harass co-workers, managers and others associated with the workplace. Imprisonment and fines may be imposed for breaches of the Protection from Harassment Act 1997 and injunctions and awards of damages for distress caused, may be issued. A person may be acquitted of a criminal offence, but still be made the subject of an order of the court to protect someone from harassment by that person. Hate crimes. 
Someone who demonstrates or is motivated by hostility towards someone based on race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, or transgender identity can be guilty of a hate crime under the Crime and Disorder Act 1998. Section 66 of the Sentencing Act 2020 allows prosecutors to apply for an uplift in sentence for someone convicted of a hate crime. The Crown Prosecution Service website states they use an everyday understanding of the word hostility, which includes ill will, spite, contempt, prejudice, unfriendliness, antagonism, resentment, and dislike. That was chapter nine from my small book, book number 14 on social media misuse. Do have a look at it on Amazon if you're interested in learning more about it. The relevant chapters of the book are Introduction, an Overview of Misuse, Cyberbullying and Harassment, Unauthorised Personal Use of an Employer's Equipment and IT System, Misuse of Confidential Information, Endangering an Employer's IT System, Misuse of Computers and Social Media Outside of Work, Use of Policies and Other Measures to Protect the Employer, then the chapter I've just read, Criminal Offences, Employer Misuse of IT Systems and Social Media, And summary. The book is available on Amazon. Just search for Social Media Misuse by Daniel Barnett. Thank you for listening to this episode of Employment Law Matters. It's been great having you along for the last 20 minutes or so. Next week's episode, dropping on the 17th of October 2023, is on Zero Hour Contracts. I look forward to speaking with you then. Stay safe. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.